0: And yeah. Welcome in to 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush, joined by Adam Luckett on an icy night across the bluegrass. Luckett, this is uh, this might be the only kind of weather that isn't football weather.
1: Yeah, definitely thank you. We've crossed that threshold. This is ice ball weather for sure, as we're all hunkered in here. and Have you gone to the grocery? Is
0: all the milk and bread gone? um i actually had brooke go last night and she said cereal was the one that like we that was the one thing we couldn't get so um and that's kind of one of our still we've tried to eliminate junk from our diet and oreos and cereal they still make the cut Uh, yeah they had oreos did not have cereal so um so milk and bread i think still good i was out in it earlier went to pick up baby around four so it had been doing that for about two hours and it wasn't bad yet but uh I, I did find it enjoyable to look at the traffic maps this morning after the first round and it was just like red lines everywhere because yeah you'll mm-hmm. never believe this people don't know how to drive in bad weather
1: yeah yeah more things change the they state the saying
0: yeah it's there's this thing you put it in lower gear you you don't slam on your brakes it's it's really wild um Oh, one thing that I did, like, I feel like a real smart man because I'm like, oh, well, let me put my windshield wipers up so they don't freeze or whatever. Like that, that was a dad and like dripping the sinks. I'm going to feel like such a grown man. Just like, look at me, manly man, taking care of things in bad weather. But it's the basic, the most basic thing you'll ever do. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> Nevertheless, ice. get let, that's the, the dad, dad instinct. That's all that is. Yeah, just dad's kicking, instinct kicking in. Um, but you know what? Like, let's talk some football because Kentucky got some transfers. Uh, we talked about Will Levis some last week. Weren't sure is this going to go anywhere. Boom! Friday news dump, and then three days later, another Big Ten transfer, Trayvon Morgan, big wide receiver from Michigan State, announces his commitment to Kentucky. Look it. I think it's pretty obvious that Kentucky is investing heavily in their passing game. I think there's no denying that. You look at some of these recent additions, m- most
1: notably is Will Levis from Penn State. I think it's got Cohen's fingerprints all over it, you know, such that he was the only guy that really had ties to, to Levis um, due to the area he's from. But I, I look at these other additions. You look at Wandell Robinson. You look at Trayvon Morgan, Luke Fulton. All these guys come from that Big Ten front print for the most part. Wandale went to Nebraska, but was from Kentucky, and the, the mm-hmm. two other guys from Ohio, areas they've recruited uh, really well. I mean, they were guys they just missed out on. So, um, But most importantly, I think what Kentucky's doing is they're getting guys, but they're making sure they they get these guys for multiple years. Yeah, It's not a quick pit stop type transfer. I don't think they they were super big on the Kelvin Joseph experiment. Um, where you sat one year, played one year, and gone. Mm -hmm. I think they're more along the lines of wanting to keep these guys for like two, three years at least. And that's the transfers they've added have kind of all all fit that mold. Now, Wandell, I think, is a special case. I I think there's a very, very good chance he's a one and done. But you look at these other guys they're bringing in. And really the transfer portal just in general, how – it's a unique time right now because teams are trying to figure out what's the best way to use this. How do do we maximize this new tool at our disposal? Some teams are using it a lot. Some teams are just dabbling in it. Um, And Kentucky's kind of leaning into it a little bit, it seems like, and just seeing how they, how they go about that. I think it's going to be something we all need to monitor closely, not for everybody in the college football space.
0: You mentioned Joseph. I was shocked to see that Kuyper had him 25th on his big board, uh, overall prospect. Maybe not as a first-round draft pick, um, just based on need, but ranked that highly just as a talent, which is pretty nuts. Just, yeah, traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he he's got the athleticism. I know Daniel Jeremiah was talking him up. So uh, I surprising just because the lack of tape but you know this is gonna be a weird draft year so <laughs>
1: yeah and if they're if they're putting him there it's because of what they're hearing from
0: scout people sources yeah, right 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 um but uh back to it though like it you're you're right the only the only person who's just here for a little bit is going to be uh it is going to be wandale but in trayvon morgan's case like they're the really interesting in that there's a lot of um what's the word i'm looking for like each one does something really one thing at least very well in morgan's case he's a really big target um six six or so about six seven 220 um and that's just you. Just don't have that kind of player on your roster. Will Levis, he's got a freaking cannon. You just, I don't, I don't know if you have that on your roster. I don't think you have that um, with Gatewater or Bo Allen. So, uh, I, I, I like that aspect of him. Where at least these are different kind of guys. Um, in Levis's case, he's got some experience. In Morgan's case, uh, it's so much upside. And if it doesn't work out well, uh, when I talk to somebody from his hometown of Massillon who uh, actually covered him in high school and was a big UK fan, which chances of UK fan in Massillon, Ohio, slim to none. Uh, But he said like the the one thing that if you're going to play football there, you got to be good at blocking. And that was the first thing he mentioned. He's like, I know it's weird for me to say this is a receiver, but he's really good at blocking downfield. So um, Mark Stoops, you know, keep your pants on buddy. Like, (laughs) 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 Um, but more, and in Morgan's case too, I know we don't have the transfer rule yet, but uh like you know, Ahmad Wagner was just a throw it up kind of guy. Uh and Kentucky could certainly use a throw it up to guy. So um although like it I'm I'm going to try to stay away from Ahmad Wagner comparisons because this guy didn't spend the last two years playing basketball uh, and just not playing football at all. He's gonna have he's gonna be a little bit more well polished than Wagner was when he got to UK an interesting proposition
1: because these power forward receivers like we're going to be talking about the draft you don't mm-hmm. see those guys if you're breaking down receivers you do not like nowadays receivers yeah. come in all shapes and sizes like Devonte smith with 165 pounds soaking wet
0: mm-hmm. he's
1: probably going to be a top five pick jamar chase is maybe 180 pounds he's going to be a top 10 pick that that's that i just think that position a little bit is kind of getting outdated you're seeing more of those guys more be impacts at tight end right which may be long term his best avenue so i mean it's to me it's interesting that they're going that route just because you just don't see those guys much of those guys anymore it seems like
0: well calvin johnson he just got elected to the hall of fame
1: yeah (laughs) which is kind of my that's kind of my i mean you got dk metcalf but i was trying to think of it the other day like who is who fits morgan's mold like if he's gonna make it to the pros, who who is like what fits his mold, and they're just those a lot of those guys just mm-hmm. it's just it's more it's different now. It's more about speed, getting in and out of breaks and cuts, and creating separation, and less just st- straight up isolation type one on one, you know, box out rebound, which I that's that's just something I'm I I was looking at when kind of thinking about that. But Kentucky from their point of view. It's an Wagner, a my Wagner clone. They think mm-hmm. it's my Wagner for longer in school
0: kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, Because they they really could have – well, and Wagner, he got that sec, – his second year really taken from him too with all those injuries at quarterback. Um, right. The good thing is too, if you want to – you know, Cohen's offense, one would assume is pretty tight end friendly as well. Uh, if Keenan Upshaw has a big year, there's, there's no telling if he's still around in 2022. You might need him to come play tight end with Bates and, and Dingle. So uh, Isaiah Cummings is someone I've always thought could
1: make that transition to great locker in high school Mm -hmm. on the side, speeds, the issue, can he, you know, get off coverage? Can he create separation? It's a different ball game. If he's able to play tight end in the slot, I think he's a guy that that may have that decision may come to, because I think he's a guy that could really be a matchup, I matchup nightmare for some defenses, I think, if he would um, be willing to do that. And plus, the blocking stuff he does, I think he'd be really good at it. That's another one that I've thought about in the past.
0: Well, Cohen, he's also uh, he's getting a little he, he's he's putting those roots down. He's getting a little more more comfortable bringing in a his old backup quarterback, which is a great kind of way to still be the alpha, you know, like. Once a backup quarterback, always a backup quarterback. Uh, Scott Woodward, uh, Derek Terry reported that he's going to come in to be the quality control guy. And even though Cohen, I'm sure, had – well, we can get to that part, but it's good that he's getting to bring in one of his own guys just to bounce ideas off of a guy that he knows he can trust whenever they're they're developing game plans and stuff. So, um, uh, if you got the budget for it, like – what. Load up on those quality control guys. You can never have too many. Just ask Nick Saban.
1: Eyes in the sky. I think that's what this move kind of is. Like, Eddie Grant had Darren Henshaw. What's his guy in the box to kind of see everything out? I think Cohen, I'm guessing he's going to be on the field calling plays because that's what everybody does now. He's got to have a guy out there that he trusts to go back and forth with. I think that's probably going to be Scott Woodward. Maybe not an on field coach per se, but a guy that's probably heavily involved in the game plans. No, um, as a guy who Cohen trusts has a history with and all that jazz. So I don't, I'm guessing that this probably isn't your typical QC hire, that this guy's probably going to have maybe a pretty significant, um, portion invested in the, in the offense, similar to Matt Sackis on special teams. Like Matt Sackis is not. Louis Metzakis is not your typical quality control coach.
0: Right, like he's, right.
1: He's running a lot of stuff over there in the kicking game. And I think for Woodward here, um, this is just me, me seeing him from sitting where I'm sitting. Cohen didn't bring in anybody on the staff, Nick. He's running the offense. He this needs is to the, bring his, his in somebody. He's bright. Yeah. This is his guy he's bringing in. So I think Woodward's going to be probably heavily involved in um, the offense and, really when it comes to scouting, game planning, putting the, putting the play call script together situations, all that stuff. I think he's going to be probably Cohen's dude in the box who
0: he's talking to a lot. And I, I, that happened on the heels of, maybe Cohen does get a chance to, to help hire somebody because Jamal Singleton, we hardly knew the, I mean, he was here for a month and change, but hell i actually talked to him twice and it's still it's so weird to have a guy in and out that quickly but uh singleton was hired to be kentucky's running backs and special teams coach from the cincinnati Bengals. he lasts i don't know i think it was a month and a day to the date uh, and then takes a job with I forget the guy's name. That's with the Eagles now, Ravioli Navari, something like that. Um, and to to be the assistant head coach. So uh, Jamal Singleton, he said his heart was in college coaching. Um, yeah, well, wasn't there for very long. Only there for a month. So I, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty 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 dramatic it's, change of right. events.
1: Once these guys cross the line, that NFL line they enter that NFL, it's hard for them to go back. So if it's the same level job, just because there's no recruiting, mm-hmm. the player management side in the NFL, like these assistant coaches, they're just not dealing with all that. It's the head coach working with the general manager in his office. They're just coaching the dudes, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's just, you know, watching tape and just doing strictly football stuff.
0: Yeah. They don't have to worry about grades, uh, you know, off the field stuff, parents like it's the amount of other things that you have to do as an assistant in college,
1: uh, trades. Uh, I want to be paid more. Any problems? That's that's the GM's office. No, that's you know, it's like it's not it's not me. Like in person in the NFL, it's just coaching. And so, a Singleton, it's the same level job. Um, he's actually assistant head coach, so it's probably going to come with a pay bump. Any of these guys get offered that, they're gonna they're gonna take it. Um, so that's that's what happened there um, to me. And moving forward, I think it's just a risk, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for Liam Cohen to be involved maybe getting his own guy or his pick of guys to come in and coach running backs.
0: No, no, I don't think it's a bad thing at all either. Um, But you just hope that it isn't a trend where Stoops is saying, oh, well, we're going to take an NFL approach to our hires, and then guys are in and out rather quickly. Because that that was one thing that was nice with Grant, despite the passing game struggles uh, to have that continuity for as long as they did during that run, you know, that was important. That was significant. So, um, you, you just hope that Singleton isn't the, the first of a few quick NFL defactions. Cause you, you do have quite a few NFL guys on your staff right now.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's the risk though. You take when you, when you do that, mm-hmm. and they're not the only ones in college football doing that right now.
0: No, no, you're exactly right. Um, but it, it it was a wild just like oh hmm. well that was a fun month uh, see you later mr singleton hard Hardly knew you yep yep um i i did want to talk a little bit we we're, we're going to make tonight's episode a little bit shorter got a lot of technical difficulties um i don't i think the ice is saying screw you internet but regardless uh bill connolly's sp plus projections for 2021 are out, and well, luck it, I was not shocked when the Cats were back near the bottom. Last year was nice. It was nice having, I, I think they were like 30th or something in the preseason last year. It was like, ooh, yeah. this is different. Um, But I, I, I knew that was not going to last uh for long. Yeah, bottom line, it's just returning production, which is a lot of this. And I think
1: um one thing people need to realize is everybody's got a lot of returnees this year like Arkansas returned 20 something guys, Illinois is getting like 15 extra guys back where Kentucky, you only got what four or five.
0: So yeah. returning yep. production weighs heavily
1: right. in these and then recent recruiting and then recent history. So I think it's your last five years and it's kind of a weighted average. Um, so all that, all that weighs in. And then when you look mainly just Kentucky lost a good amount of production. Um, so that drops them down. I think he's sitting late, late fifties, looks like here at 57, but but the important thing to remember this, this is just you know preseason prognostication. I think the thing you really want to look at with this, Nick, is who you play
0: and where mm-hmm. these teams are at. Which I, I really only have one bone to pick with one of them, and that's UofL. Because I just I – just, I don't I, – you know, yes, they score points. But, my God, the fact that they're 10 spots higher and that they uh-huh. would be favored by five and a half points today – like, are you you serious, Carl? The, like, the thing with these rankings
1: is it rewards you for uh, blowing teams out, beating teams by heavy margins, winning on a play-for-play basis, so winning that yards-for-play battle and all that stuff. Um, and it doesn't really hurt you for some close losses. And then there's a turnover luck aspect to this. When you look at Louisville last year, they had twenty something turnovers. They lost every close game they played. So they see them as being a little bit better. And then just offensively, they just been Louisville's been really good on offense as a program there for a while. So they they get a little bit benefit of a doubt. Um, but you're right. Like when you when you these are just the computer crunch of the numbers, but when you look at Louisville even further, you, there's warning signs there. And it could get you could get that way for a lot of different well, teams. Well so
0: there is good news for Louisville though, like it they didn't lose another coach. They, there was a the thought that they might lose Brian Brown, but they actually convinced him not to go to Tennessee. So you
1: know, we just we couldn't go an episode without <laughs> Tennessee and some type of coach kerfuffle. <laughs> they they can't find a defense coordinator. Like this hasn't been like publicized a lot, but they've had like five or six guys turn them down. Now it sounds like they're after the guy Miami just ran out of town. It it's, they they stay a mess, man. They stay on brand.
0: Oh, man. And you know what, though? Shout out to Brian Brown for being one guy on Louisville's coaching staff yeah. who knows how to negotiate a raise. So good for him. Um, Satterfield, take notes, buddy. Take notes. <laughs> um, but back to SP Plus, though, because Kentucky was about 10 spots behind Louisville and right around there with Tennessee. And I I, I'm not shocked about Tennessee at all because of the way they've recruited. And even no matter how many dudes enter the transfer portal, They've they've still recruited their tails off. That's why they're in trouble. Is they 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 were cheating uh, in their in their recruiting, um, right? But when you go in Kentucky's hundreds
1: and in run in returning production down in the hundreds, so yeah, that really that, that hit them hard. When you lose your quarterback, when you lose all the offensive line snaps they've lost, you lose your top interception guy, your top sack guy, mm-hmm. your top tackler. There's just some holes there that they have to fill.
0: No, no doubt. But I. When going through their schedule, there was one that I was. It it doesn't show up on the spread as much uh, because I I did just go ahead and run the numbers and the projected lines. And because it's a road game, UK would only be a a 7.5-point favorite. But South Carolina is ranked 90th overall in SP+, which is just, who, man, that's bad. That's Vandy bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. real bad.
1: Yeah. I I mean, the thing about South Carolina is they've got, they could have a running back duo. That's as good as anybody in the country and their offensive line shouldn't be terrible. So like they offensively, I can see it defensively. They, they don't have much there. It seems like and the coaching staff is just kind of pretty blah. Yeah. Right.
0: So
1: I don't know what to expect from them, but, yeah, that, it seems like they could be pretty bad. Vanderbilt's still got a long way to go. But when I look at the schedule, like, well done on scheduling because the two G5 teams they play are going to stink.
0: They're Should so bad. going to stink out
1: loud. So that, that is <laughs> good <got> cushion the, <laughs> to do a lot of things in those weeks.
0: <laughs> they got the team that ranked last last year, and then the team ranked last this year. <laughs> right. And New in Mexico Louisiana's State's, wrong, I think, New playing a three-
1: or four-game spring schedule this year. So along with Chattanooga, we'll be able to scout the Aggies as well, but that's how you want to schedule. And so you're that Kentucky scheduled in wins here. They got the three wins F two FCS or two G five, excuse me, one FCS. And then you just look at that. Again, we talked about the Missouri and South Carolina games, Missouri and South Carolina, are both games you should win this year. You win those, you're in good shape. You get two or three against Tennessee, Mississippi state and Louisville. You know, all of a sudden you're at seven, eight wins right there. So, it's really not that hard. Like, to me, with this, we have to look at the schedule and thinking about how Kentucky's going to do this year because I think it's a very, very good schedule. And there's a chance to gobble up some wins this year.
0: I like that phrase, gobble up some wins. You just got to – Right. I think the one th- – like we hammered – I've talked about Louisville, how the scheduling is just
1: silly. I think Kentucky, that's one of the good things that they've done is – really scheduled, make sure wins are in there, and it's allowed them in some – especially these last two years, Nick, this year not so much because it was crazy, but right, we right. saw how tough it can be to win. Yeah. And in yeah. a normal year, that team's eight and four, and you probably think about them different. So – and then the year before that, they the schedule benefited them, and they were able to get to seven – or excuse me, eight and five, even though for a three-, four-game stretch there, they had one of the worst offenses we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, that was bad offense. Um, still just shocked that there were some folks who were like, oh, we'll give them another chance to run it back. It's like, dude, that's like just horrendous. Absolutely horrendous offense. Um, I also appreciated too. Like it, there was a few people and it was like, UK would be favored in half of their games. And like people being like, oh, so that's the expectation. They're only a six-win team. Yep, that sounds right. Kentucky football. It's like, no, you idiots. This is not... That- we're talking a different language here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's completely yeah. different. Uh, they
1: have, I think, the big thing is you only have you have three games that are likely losses. You have five games that are likely wins. So if you just handle that right there, it's five and three. Then you got four games in the middle, the toss ups. Usually, how you do in your toss up games is kind of what determines your season. For no yeah. what no matter what level you're at, mm-hmm. that that's what determines the year you have. You go and you go on a run there. You that's eight and four, maybe that's not even counting. If you get to, if you plucked off one of the guys that was a likely lost, if you were able to pull a big upset.
0: Right. Right.
1: So, I mean, it's on the table there. They've got a lot to, a lot to improve. Um, the offense is really kind of bogging them down a little bit. They need to get that going. And that's why they made all these staff changes. That's why they got a new play caller in there to try to fix that because they know that's the last thing they're missing. And once they get that, they've got a chance to do some special things
0: yeah and and as we started off the top of the show also added a bunch of skill position talents one thing i didn't mention enough uh about trayvon morgan the place he's from is pretty nuts you know much about masculine football there uh adam market yeah there was i don't know if it's still on there but there was a masculine
1: like documentary they did where they followed the team one year
0: oh i was on
1: netflix there for a while
0: it's it's not on there anymore. I'm about to rent it on Amazon. It's like Tiger it,
1: Town or something.
0: It's uh Go think, Tigers, and is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called Go Tigers. It was it was a Sundance film selection back in 2001. And uh, do you know who the star of that movie yeah, is? Yeah, like I think it?
1: Ellery is in it.
0: Ellery Moore, yes. Yeah. Who now? Ellery Moore is now the color commentator for the radio call uh, for Maslin. So. Uh, Oh, a lot of kind of obscure uk connections around there and i i was wondering i was like man there's somebody from massillon that that vince recruited and i just i couldn't put my finger on it and it was one of the best offensive linemen in america and that's there munford was a massillon guy but I, mm-hmm, the reason why right. it's 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 fascinating is because the school i mean they've got a 17,000 seat stadium they sell season tickets with suites um i mean the reason why it's such a big deal is because Paul freaking Brown is from there. You know, it's, it's like the, the birthplace of football <laughs> in a way is uh, it, it, pro football and high school football is Madison Ohio. So they take it very seriously up there. Uh, and so uh, the fact that Morgan was successful uh, at that stopping grounds, despite the pressure, that's encouraging uh in the fact that he uh, he did he did a couple different things for him he's a good athlete so uh that excites me about him and i'm just incredibly intrigued by this the craziness that is masculine football
1: and they going back to this documentary because now i'm just now thinking about it like it mm-hmm. wasn't just your typical like cookie cut or something you see on espn like they show stuff you don't think they should probably be showing kind of thing with practice and what high school kids are doing on the weekends kind of thing. It, I, mm-hmm. I, it, it's really good. I would, they, I would they, highly recommend anybody that's into football, high school football at all. Go see it. It is they, really good.
0: In the trailer, they talk about how they hold back their kids in eighth grade so that they'll be bigger, faster, stronger for high school football. Yeah. It's really <laughs> that's good. That's in the trailer. It's so, really uh, I mean, Roger Ebert gave it three stars. If that tells you anything. Uh I don't know. That guy's about a harsh critic as anything. So I'm excited to watch that. That's on my watch list. And uh I'm gonna be talking to Ellery soon too. So uh should should get something good out of that. There you go. Yeah. Um Bucket, were you were you on the wrong side of betting the Super Bowl? I was had a couple matchups I
1: won, uh, kind of helped me out, but uh I did not see that coming, man. Yeah, and – I did not see Andy Reid and his staff just getting worked by (sighs) Bruce Arians and his staff. That was not on my
0: bingo card. Well, and like you, I did have a couple props that nullified the the overall game loss. But, you know, like shout out to the Chiefs for kicking that field goal, getting first score. But the the Chiefs not scoring a touchdown. I mean – my God, <laughs> they haven't been shut out like that all year. Uh, oh, damn it, Tom Brady! Like in in, I think we it was a lose lose for us, like it because if you bet against the Chiefs and they, whoever was going to win that game, you were going to be dumb afterwards because. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I get, bet against Tom Brady. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I bet against the Chiefs. Like, because it, it just it lose. loose. And the fact that Tom Brady did it, throwing it to like Gronk and Antonio Brown, it was like he was showing off for us. Big Thunder Fournette. Yeah, those was all the guys he brought in. <laughs> I mean, oh. And then they're, they're now today they're on their boats. Brady was so cocky. He watched, did you see him watch his super, the Super Bowl, the Lombardi? Yeah. I'd, between mm-hmm. boats you got seven of them what's right. one
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just uh man props to them they got hot I thought their coaching staff did a great job the whole playoff run I thought they were they were they had an edge against every team they played it felt like in each game from a from a scheme standpoint. Um, and they took; they really took advantage of the biggest weakness was the Chiefs and that mangled offensive line they mm-hmm. they, they threw out there, and they, they made them pay for it. And they did a great job of you know keeping two guys deep and not letting Tyree kill, uh, bust bus one on them. And they, it seemed like they they were a pretty good matchup for the Chiefs because they had they had athletic linebackers who could cover Kelsey, um, their pass rush could take advantage of the Chiefs' O line. They didn't have to butts to get pressure on Mahomes, right? And Brady. Brady was—he's just—he's seen so much. The Chiefs are really—they're super aggressive on defense because their offense just—they're going to go score thirty every game. Mm-hmm. So it's all about negative plays, getting turnovers. If we give up a bomb or two, whatnot, we're cool with that. But Brady just got kept you got to get them in the right spots, kept them on schedule, on time. Um, got them thirty calls. plus points.
0: Got a few calls because he's Tom Brady. That yeah, that hold was just a joke. Because uh, that was the kind of gamble that. The Chiefs take, if, I mean, that's a huge momentum swing. If they if that interception counts, instead, they got to unscore a touchdown, take the lead, and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. goes away. But they it. also
1: had a, the Chiefs had a goal line stand too, and didn't get anything out of that either, which was like a bit, I thought that was a big play in the game. I thought
0: when they got that stop, well, I felt I, like the Chiefs are going to win right there. But, and then they didn't get anything out of it because they had guys dropping passes. I mean, yeah. That was, I think that was probably the biggest shock. Like, and that ultimately led to their demise was Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill just dropping huge plays. I mean, it was third and long, hits hits, hits Kelsey right in the hands, and Hill drops a touchdown. So, uh,
1: yeah. Well, Mahomes is just the most entertaining football player I think I've ever seen at the NFL level.
0: Man, what very- he does
1: is like what you see on high school tapes, or we've seen. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> in college with a couple of quarterbacks like where it's just like what did I just like the cynical Wallace run where he runs around breaks like 15 tackles and, and ends up scoring it. yeah yeah you you watch you watch uh that's what I, it's it's like that or other you know Johnny like Manzville plays Lamar plays that you've seen you're just and play yeah you're just like what 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 the world? Like what those sport are
0: they playing? Yeah, that scramble,
1: uh, those scrambles he made, and then he throws, like just falling down and just, just chucks it and hits the guy right in the
0: helmet. The uh, the one thing that was baffling to me that I saw, I don't know if it was leading into that game or afterwards, but uh, folks Cliff Kingsbury went sixteen and thirteen with Patrick Mahomes. Like, why did anybody give him a chance to coach in the NFL? Like, come on. You couldn't win at Texas yeah. Tech with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Can't Kingsbury, win anybody. Yeah.
1: Kingsbury got to do the Manziel and Mahomes in college, like right back to back almost. And he owns Mahomes. He owes Mahomes a lot. Yeah. Mahomes has made him a lot of money.
0: You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. Um, well, we, we don't have football this weekend. We do have FCS football, however, the following weekend. So. Um, uh, look I think we're going to need to pick an FCS team and just hop on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah, I was I was on uh, footballschedules.com the other day ago, uh, day or two ago, trying to look at the schedules and try to map it out. So I'm still trying to, uh, trying to maybe scope, see who our, see who our, maybe our team will be. That's something okay. we'll have to, okay. we'll have to be on the, yeah, island, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm that's what we, somebody.
0: Maybe that's what we figure out next week. We get a few options. McNeese State is appealing just because of all the hell that that school caught. They have cool helmets too. And that hurricane, yep. And uh Walker Wood is uh he is coach Osun's backup at McNeese State. So there there's there, there's some some interesting ties there, but uh maybe that's something we'll do next week and maybe we'll finally get our uh I think I think it might be time to do the coaching carousel show next week, like okay. it.
1: Yeah, hopefully uh, UCF hurry up and hires a coach here. Um, hopefully it's not a one that causes another ripple effect, but. Oh, well, that'd um, be fun, though. It's yeah. Fun. And maybe Tennessee will have a defensive coordinator by then, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Luckett, I appreciate you bearing with me in the technical difficulties, especially the folks at home, too. Uh, you know, it's icy outside. We're all losing our minds a little bit. Uh, but it's good to talk a little football with you. Yeah,
1: we'll do it again next week. Hey, like we talked about before we got on here, man. The off season, there's always something going on. It's treated us well so far. I guess we're about a month or so in. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's keep this rolling, keep it busy. Yeah. Um, the transfer true. portal has changed a lot. Spring ball will be starting soon. Some schools have already started
0: spring ball. Oh, uh, Scott Satterfield uh, mm-hmm. playing in the ice storm in spring mm-hmm. ball. Yeah, so
1: that'll that'll definitely I get I think will create a buzz. Um, with the Cohen effect, quarterbacks and all that type of stuff, um, so we got we got plenty plenty
0: to go on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That um, that that Will Levis, when we we only graze. Gla- we could talk about what that quarterback battle is going to be for, and we're going to for months and months to come because yeah, it's the most intriguing quarterback battle competition in the UK since what Mazikowski versus Morgan Newton. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, Barker versus Tolls that one summer was, I think yeah. we kind of maybe hyped that up a little more than it was. Tolles always had the inside track.
0: Right, to, right, To right. me,
1: with this, like, there's a certain level that the two guys, Bo Allen and Joey Gay, would have to get to mm-hmm. to even make it. Because right now, Levis is the guy right now. Like you're bringing him in, pretty wild. He's like, coming in. He is the guy like, right now. Yeah, beat but, out. it's Cohen's guy. Went out and got him. Like, and I've talked about with Bo Allen a bunch of times. Like, if he's if it's even in doubt, you can't risk it. Just slow, go, go the slow, slow play, ride it out. Like, let him keep his development. I think the wild card in all this is Joey Gatewood. Mm-hmm. Like, what if the light just comes on? You know.
0: Yeah, and he just so needs the it. right coaching. You know,
1: but. Met or he could flame out real quick, too, because he could be a transfer right after spring ball's over. So we'll have to see how all this plays out. But it definitely seems like it's Will Levis's job. And then maybe it's somewhat something where you, you throw Levis out there and then maybe bring Bo Allen along slowly, maybe similar to kind of how Mizzou did with Connor Bazelak last year as a redshirt freshman. Let the transfer start a couple games, but, but throw – throw your young quarterback in there and then eventually he takes over. Um, I could definitely see that playing out. Right. 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 But I think they're going to take their time with Allen and make sure he's ready. Um, and you look at the schedule, two of the first three games, I think are ULM and Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And then with that Missouri game, that Missouri number, game
0: second yeah. number
1: two. So you got some time there um, to figure some stuff out, but I, yeah, Levis definitely seems like the guy
0: as of yeah. right now, if you've followed, uh, if you follow all the the, the, the the beat reporters, the kind of nudge, nudge, nod, nod, wink, wink is like, I mean, he's, they're bringing this guy in for a reason. And I think the only reason why it's not, uh, while there will be a, I think, a good competition is just because he's not going to be here at all this spring. And there still is going to be a, a learning curve when it comes to getting acclimated with the team, culture uh playbook i mean you know that all has to happen but from a tool standpoint he's cohen's guy so it's an uphill battle for the other guys and that's why this spring's gonna be huge for allen and gatewood because that it's their time to prove themselves um to be like hey you know the, the poor play previously i wasn't on all, all on us it was all on what we were asked to do and how we were uh coached to do it so this is their time and uh it's gonna be fun. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about this quarterback competition for, for, for quite a while lucky. Like yeah, I think it's uh it's gonna take up a lot
1: of our airtime this summer for sure.
0: Oh yeah. And you know what? People freaking love quarterback competitions. We do. We just do. We love
1: quarterback competitions and coaching searches.
0: And throwing it to the tight end. Yeah, <laughs> throw it to the tight end. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, like it, uh, it's been good. It's been great. Thanks for hanging out tonight. Thanks to you all for listening and, and bearing with us. It's, it's fun talking football, even when football's not going on. Uh, until next time, stay safe out there. The roads are treacherous. Real scary. Go Cats. Go Croakers.